0: Welcome to NBA Talk with Isaac Wolf. I am your host, Isaac Wolf. I'm back. I have enough information to do another podcast, about 15-20 minutes. So, here it is, starting with Kenny Atkinson. He was fired last Saturday. The Saturday, I believe it was the last Saturday before the hiatus. And this came as a surprise to a lot of people at first, but then, not so much. Apparently, he did not want to coach Kyrie and KD. So, really, he got his wish in parting ways with them. He just reportedly struggled to mesh with the two, and when you're not on the same page as your two superstars, it's not going to look good. But hey, credit to Atkinson for what he did to put the Nets in this position. He was hired in April of 2016 after a season where the Nets went 21-61. and In fact, they lost one more game the next year. Atkinson's first year, the team went 20-62. and And while they lost their number three overall pick to the Celtics, who picked Jason Tatum, by the way, that pick was given to them in the Pierce Garnett Terry trade from a few years back, one of the biggest drafty deals like ever. They still drafted Jared Allen with the 22nd pick, who has become a very good interior defender and finisher around the rim. The fro, as they call him. Then they did absolutely nothing in free agency that summer. However, earlier that season, they signed Spencer Dinwiddie. That was in December. He's become a star point guard for Brooklyn in Kyrie's absence. I thought he was going to be sixth man of the year, but he's probably not eligible because he started so many games with Kyrie missing all that time due to injury. But that was a great signing. Nobody knew at the time what he would become. And the Nets took a chance on him and it worked out well for both sides. Brooklyn won 28 games. In 2017-18, the next season, that off season, they also did not have their first round pick. That ended up being number eight, where the Cavs took Colin Sexton. But guys like Miles Bridges and Shea Gilgis Alexander were still available at that point in the draft. So they drafted Rodions Kurucs and John and Musa, and also recent dunk contest champion Hamadou Diallo, who was part of a deal that brought dwight howard to brooklyn if any of you remember that at all probably not because the nets waved howard basically as soon as they got him to clear cap space nobody nobody really knew what that cap space would be used for at the time but now we see then diallo was dealt to the thunder from charlotte and that's how he ended up in okc all of this happening on either draft night or near draft night i can't remember so yeah, not crazy. Essential pieces added through that draft. grooks was okay. He averaged 8.5 points per game last year. Musa never really did anything. They signed Ed Davis in free agency. He was only there for one year, though. Averaged 5 points and 5 rebounds a game, and then he was off to Utah. Then last year, all of a sudden, they got it together and won 42 games. Went over five hundred for the first time in five years. Made it to the playoffs as a sixth seed lost to Philly in the first round in five games, although it was an entertaining series. And what last season showed is the culture Brooklyn built under Atkinson that lifted them to a playoff contending team. Because they didn't have any superstars last year. Their best player was probably Spencer Dinwiddie. Maybe Karis LeVert had an argument for that, but I believe it was Dinwiddie. But the way that group played together with little known names, that got them to the playoffs. And KD and Kyrie noticed that. Now, Kyrie is from New Jersey. He was raised about 40 minutes from Barclays Center. He was actually born in Australia, fun fact. And so this was kind of a homecoming for him, but he brought KD here. He convinced KD to sign with him in Brooklyn. Durant was sold because of the culture. And bam, now you've got two superstars to go with your young, improving pieces like Lavert, like Dinwiddie, like Allen. There's a bright future for the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, KD couldn't play this year because of his torn Achilles, and Kyrie has been in and out of the lineup very often. Mostly been out all year long. And there have been some issues this season, mostly due to lineup inconsistencies. They're 30-34 and 34 right now, in 7th place in the Eastern Conference. Who knows what will happen after the hiatus. I don't expect them to move much in the standings, and they're probably due for a first-round exit to either the Raptors or the Celtics, which is fine. I mean, KD said it's unlikely for him... Uh, to return for the playoffs, even if there is a long delay for the, uh, in the season. Just because throwing him back into playoff basketball is not a smart decision. The Warriors did that last season, and we know all what happened there. I don't think Kyrie's going to come back either. I think they're just going to get totally prepared and healthy for next season, which should be a lot of fun up there in Brooklyn. By the way, Kyrie said that he prefers Tyron Liu as the next head coach of the Nets, Ty Lue, of course, being the guy that coached Kyrie and LeBron to a championship in 2016. Alright, let's talk about the MVP race a little bit. While LeBron did not overtake Giannis a few weekends ago, again, the last weekend before the hiatus, he certainly closed the gap. He played the two toughest teams on his schedule in back-to-back games. Now, they were both at home. Sort of. At Staples against the Bucks, and then on the Clippers court at Staples Center against the Clippers. But there were probably more Laker fans there anyway. Against the Bucks, he dropped 37, added eight rebounds and eight assists, while holding Giannis to just seven points on two of eight shooting. Against the Clippers, he showed Kawhi out by putting up 28, 7, and 9. And in those two games, he had more points rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks than Giannis and Kawhi combined. Let me say that again. He had more points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks in those two games than Giannis and Kawhi combined. Probably the two other best players in the league. Giannis is my number one. Kawhi is my number two. LeBron's my number three. He's, he's doing this in year 17. That's incredible stuff from LeBron James, but he's still not my pick for MVP. Let's compare the numbers, Giannis and LeBron. LeBron, 25.7 points while shooting 49.8% from the field, 7.9 rebounds, so almost 8, and 10.6 assists. He's leading the league in that category. First time he's ever done that. 1.2 steals, half a block per game. His player efficiency rating is 259 And he's doing all this in nearly 35 minutes a game at 34.9. As for Giannis, he's putting up 29.6 points per game while shooting 54.7% from the field, 13.7 rebounds, 5.8 assists, one steal, and one block per game. His PER is 31.63, leads the league. And that is historic. A 31.63 PER player efficiency rating is historic. We are seeing one of the most efficient seasons ever, or most efficient seasons in NBA history with him, largely due to the fact that he's putting up those numbers in 30.9 minutes per game. He's hardly playing a half hour of basketball, and he's putting up almost 30 points, almost 14 rebounds, and almost 6 assists per game. But that number, 31.63, puts him tied for fifth all-time in single-season PPR. Will is first and second with 31.82 in the 1962-1963 season and then 31.74 during the 61-62 season. Then it's Jordan at third with 31.71 during... Eight, uh, the 87-88 season, followed by LeBron at four when he hit 31.67. So just four hundredths of a difference between him and LeBron. LeBron in 08-09. That's when he did that. Then obviously Giannis is tied with Jordan and Wilt, who again show up on this list for number five. So pretty historic. The league average, the league average PER is 15.0. Giannis has slightly more than doubled that. And that is, and why this stat is so important is it basically boils down all of a player's accomplishments into one number. And it's showing how efficient he does those things. And Giannis is at the top. What boosts his case even more is that he's putting up these numbers in just under 31 minutes played. That's an all-time low. It would literally be the least amount of minutes per game played for an... MVP in NBA history guess what the all-time low is right now since Giannis hasn't won this year's award yet it was Giannis last year when he averaged 32.8 minutes per game next lowest will be Bill Walton in 1977-1978 at 33.3 minutes per game but typically overall you see anywhere from 37 to 40 ish minutes per game for the MVPs that's where most of the winners minutes per game are and Giannis doing what he's doing in 31, just under 31, is just super impressive. So yes, Giannis is still my MVP this year. If you want a quick updated MVP ladder, it would be number 5, Luka Doncic. Number 4, Kawhi Leonard. Number 3, James Harden. Number 2, LeBron James. Number 1, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Rudy Gobert gave us an update on how he's feeling. He tweeted, quote, just to give you guys an update, loss of smell and taste is definitely one of the symptoms. Haven't been able to smell anything for the last four days. Anyone experiencing the same thing? There were more than a few responses saying that they too had similar uh, experiences. Some that had the virus and some that had not been tested. But, good news. Gobert, Mitchell, and all Jazz personnel have been cleared of the coronavirus. This came out, I believe, yesterday. And that is, that's that's just great to hear that everybody there is healthy. Since the report of Gobert contracting COVID-19, we've heard of Donovan Mitchell, who was cleared. He had a pretty funny tweet. Go to his Twitter. He tweeted like a little kid dancing on a chair in school. It was just very entertaining. You should go look it up on his Twitter. That came out right after the news that he was cleared. Uh, Christian Wood. His agent says he has fully recovered from the coronavirus after just a week. It was reported a week ago that he contracted it, but now he's fine. I believe he was asymptomatic to begin with. All good news there. Marcus Smart came out saying he had it. Kevin Durant was one of four Nets players to contract the virus. So we've heard one, two, three, four guys specifically... Five, actually, specifically, and three have been cleared, which is great. Also, two unidentified Lakers players, and as I said earlier, three more unidentified Nets players also have it. We still don't know who those are. We only know Kevin Durant as one of the four Nets. A member of the Nuggets organization and three members of the Sixers organization. I believe it's, I don't don't think it's players. They would have identified that more specifically, so it's probably more like somewhere in the Coaches, GM... I don't know. There's a lot of jobs for an NBA team. But we just learned uh, a couple nights ago that Carl Anthony Towns' mom has COVID-19 and is in a medically induced coma currently. Towns sent out a video urging everyone to take this seriously. His dad also has it. His dad's doing well right now. He's doing better than his mom, but... He sent out the video urging everyone to take it seriously because while we're not all at risk of dying, some are. And it's important that we don't just blow it off and think for ourselves and say, oh, it won't happen to me. I'm fine. I'm young. I'm not going to die from it. Because there are other people are there are people our age dealing with losses in their family. Maybe a grandparent or a great grandparent who came down with the virus and had their life taken because of it. It's a serious thing. So start thinking for others and not yourself. Adam Silver gave the little information he could on what the hiatus will look like in an interview with ESPN's Rachel Nichols. He said the league is looking at three options when it comes to resuming the season. Playing games with fans at the point it's safe to do so, returning to play without fans in the arenas, or creating some type of tournament or charity game that that a handful of players could play in. I actually never thought about the charity idea. That would be... A lot of fun if you could get guys that people would watch although maybe fans would be so desperate for action that they'd watch anybody but silver mentioned that idea and i was like "Hmm, i didn't think of that i like that idea especially if the hiatus is long the league is considering labor day in september (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) that's the latest possible date to end the season that would be the uh the end of the finals i assume That would just be absurd. I'm already like a whole month into school next year at that point. That's just wrong. That means they'd probably return in late June, maybe early July. But, oh, my word, that'd be awful. That's just so long. I don't know if I could stand it or if anyone else could. Another two and a half months without the NBA. Sheesh. Um, Let's hope not. What we do sort of know... In terms of when it will be back is when public health officials give them the okay but we don't have any idea of when that will be so we still don't really know so sorry if i got your hopes up by saying i sort of knew when the mv was going to be back i do not and neither does anyone else so there's that in the meantime players keep posting rather abnormal stuff on their social media pages i saw sixers rookie matisse theibel run around in his apartment room in full uniform arm sleeves and everything dribbling like sliding on the floor on the wood floor in his socks Fred Van Vliet acting like a wolf in front of his kids. LeBron bat ta- LeBron brought back Taco Tuesday. There's a whole lot of stuff. If you go to Swish Daily on YouTube, I think they've got like four videos that say what NBA players are doing since they've been on lockdown. And they're actually pretty entertaining. So I encourage you to check that out. To wrap up today, this day in NBA history. Michael Jordan scored a career-high 69 points during the Bulls' 117-113 road win at Cleveland. I think he added 18 rebounds to that total, too. That's a that's a pretty nice performance. Happy birthday to Justin Jackson and Jordan McRae. We'll be back whenever with another podcast, and we are going to debate who would you rather start a franchise with, Zion Williamson or Luka Doncic? Stay tuned for that.